question. Do you like receiving gifts? Do you like getting gifts? I know a lot of people like to give gifts, and they gain a lot of satisfaction from doing that, and that's okay. But do you like receiving gifts? Do you like getting gifts from people? A few years ago, I received a gift from my in-laws that I remember to this day. We were spending time with them at their home in Ohio, and they brought out this gift for me. It was beautifully wrapped. So I unwrapped it, and it was a box of Krispy Kreme donuts, (laughs) which is a great gift for me because I love donuts, and I like Krispy Kreme donuts. There was a Krispy Kreme shop not too far from where they lived in Toledo, Ohio. So when we were there, we would often go to the shop and get some of these delightful treats. So I was really thankful. This is a good gift for me. Except when I picked up the box, it didn't feel right. Something was a little off. So I began to wonder if there were donuts on the inside of the box. Well, I opened it, and inside was a pair of socks. No donuts, just one pair of socks. And my mother-in-law and father-in-law started to laugh hysterically. Like, this is the funniest thing they have ever seen in their life. Someone in misery. Now, I will say, I was thinking and may have even said out loud, I'm okay with socks, but this is not funny at all. I don't even mind receiving socks as a gift, but you can't really put socks in a box of donuts. You can't do that because the gift doesn't meet expectations. The gift doesn't meet expectations. As we think about being a better together kind of church, we cannot miss the opportunity that we have as a body, as a family, to generously give and share with others and gifts are involved. And when we do this as a body, these gifts meet expectations. I would say these gifts exceed expectations. And the reason for that is because they are given to us by God himself in order to be used in service for others. And that makes these gifts extraordinary. And here's what's interesting. We, the church, the body, benefit from all of these different gifts being brought together and shared. And it causes us to truly be better together. So let's think about gifts, shall we? First, a big idea. Apprenticing with Jesus means that we are willing to generously serve and sacrifice for each other. Okay, we've been thinking about apprenticing with Jesus, following him and doing what he did. That's an apprentice. And if we have trusted in Jesus alone to rescue us, we are called to apprentice with him, to follow him and do what he did. So apprenticing with Jesus means that we are willing to generously give and serve 
and sacrifice for each other. And when that happens, we truly will be better together. With your Bible or your device, I want you to find the New Testament book of 1 Peter. We're going to hang out in 1 Peter chapter 4. The best way to find 1 Peter is actually to go to the back of your Bible. The last book is called the book of Revelation. It's a long book, but if you just start turning to the left, eventually you'll pass Revelation and you'll come to Jude. After Jude, if you keep turning to the left a little bit, is 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Keep turning to the left and you'll bump into 2nd Peter. If you turn a few pages, there you will find 1st Peter chapter 4. And this is where we will be today. Now, the book of 1 Peter and 2 Peter is written by a guy named, any guesses? Peter is his name. And Peter was an apprentice of Jesus. He followed him and spent a lot of time with him. Peter wrote this particular letter to a group of other Jesus apprentices in approximately 64 A.D., And the purpose of 1 Peter, the purpose of this letter, was Peter was trying to encourage this particular group of apprentices as they were walking through a stressful and a tough time. And he wanted to uphold them up and call them to be together. And one of the ways he does that is by talking about gifts. So let's read 1 Peter chapter 4. Here's what verse 10 says. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Okay, let's pause here and just think about a couple of things. Verse 10 starts by saying, God has given each of you a gift. If you go back to chapter 1, you will read that Peter wrote this book to followers of Jesus. That's what it explicitly states. So we can safely assume that he is talking about believers here, those who are apprenticing with Jesus, those who have embraced his leadership and forgiveness. So for that group, and if you have trusted in Jesus alone to rescue you, then you can claim this for yourself as well. For that group, God has given each of you a gift. How about that? From his great variety of spiritual gifts. Okay, just keep thinking about this. If you've trusted in Jesus, he has given you a gift. Wow. From his great variety of spiritual gifts. This is, I think, an extraordinary thought. God has given to us a gift. But what does that mean? Well, in the construction of the sentence, that word gift actually has the idea of a gift of grace. And this is what God freely gives to those who believe, a gift of grace. And there is a wide variety of these gifts of grace. So if you've trusted in Jesus, you have been given a grace gift. It's incredible. Now, maybe you've never heard about that before. 
And if that's you, then I would encourage you to lean into this and discover something new about what God provides for you. It's beautiful. Now, maybe you've heard about spiritual gifts before or gifts of grace, and you're aware of that language. Then I would encourage you to lean in a little bit to discover the true purpose of gifts. Because these gifts of grace that God gives to us, and there's a variety of them, they are given on purpose. Often we focus on what is the gift? What is it? And what does it mean? And how do I classify it? What do I do with it? Often we focus on those things. What you find in scripture is that's actually not the focus. The focus is on a specific purpose, and we want to think through that. So if you've never heard about gifts of grace before, well, today is for you because you'll learn something new about what God gives and what he provides. If you are aware of this, then I'd encourage you to pay attention so that you can really pick up on the purpose of gifts. Let's ask some questions. Here's question number one. God gives gifts? I've stated that, but now let's turn it into a question. God actually gives gifts? And the answer to that is he does. He gives us the gift of Jesus. And when we embrace his leadership and forgiveness, we are assured of a forever friendship with God and a home in heaven. That's an incredible gift. But beyond that, God gives other grace gifts. You can also think of it as a ministry. Or I like to think of it this way. God has given us an area of service. And he wants us to enjoy that. And he wants us to do it. So God gives gifts? Yes. Be encouraged, church, okay? God gives gifts. And that's a good thing. Thank you very much. And he wants us to enjoy them and to use them. Think of them as a ministry that God has given specifically to you or an area of service that he has given to you, which brings up the second question, what are the grace gifts? If God gives gifts, what are they? And how can I know them? Is there a list? Well, wouldn't you know, in scripture, we actually find several different lists. And I want you to look at the screen now, and you can see a listing here of grace gifts, or areas of ministry, or areas of service. We find these in three primary passages of Scripture. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians chapter 4. And a few other places as well, but those are the primary spots where we find these different listings of grace gifts. Now, we could spend a lot of time dissecting all of this and talking about them individually And we should probably do that as a theme someday as a church so that we can grow in our understanding of these grace gifts. We should probably do that because there are a lot of different churches and faith traditions that have different views of these gifts. So I think that would be a good exercise for us at some point. I believe some of these areas of service or these grace gifts that are listed for us in Scripture Some of them were specifically given to the early church. 
the church that we read about in the book of Acts and in other books in the New Testament. Some of these gifts were specifically given to them to give them credibility as the church was growing and being established. And I don't believe they're gifts that are necessary or needed anymore, but that's a whole different story and a whole different conversation, okay? The point of the grace gifts is not so much the gift itself, but what is the purpose of the gift? So that brings us to the third question. Let's ask it. What is the purpose of these gifts? Or maybe a better way to think about it is, what am I supposed to do with these gifts? If I've been given one, how do I function with it? What do I do with this particular gift? Well, this takes us back to verse 10 in the text, which says this, use them, speaking of these grace gifts or these areas of ministry, use them well to serve one another. Just a short little statement. But there's such beauty found in this and what we're supposed to be doing with these gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you see the word serve? It comes from the Greek word diakonal, which is where we get the English word deacon, which means to minister. A lot of churches have deacons as an office or a group of people that function within the church to minister and to serve. And that term, that phrase, that title actually comes out of this particular passage. Use these gifts well to diakonal, to minister and to serve one another. I think this is great. So keep in mind, if you've trusted in Jesus, you've been given a grace gift. An area of ministry, an area of service. Wonderful. We even have listings of these gifts. We're to use them to serve one another. So think about this. If your grace gift is the gift of helping others, serving others, perhaps in a moment of need, and you're wired that way, you see people hurting and you're ready to come alongside and care and lift and provide meals and pray and do whatever you need to do, you're just ready to help in some way and provide, then use that gift well to serve the body. If you have the gift of giving or the gift of leadership or the gift of administration, and we could look at all of those other gifts that are listed for us, then use that well to diakonal, to minister and to serve the body. That's the point of all of this. We have been given a gift for others. For others. For others. It's not for ourselves. It's not to serve me. We've been given a gift to serve others so that the body can be built up and the body can be served. And keep in mind, there's a variety of gifts, just like there's a variety of people. That's what 1 Corinthians tells us. That was read for us. The body's not just one part. It's made up of many parts. There's variety in the gifts, and it's always for others. For others. Not me. My gift from God for others, to minister 
and to serve and to build up the body. It's really good news for us because this is how we receive care from the faith community, from the body of Christ. It's all of these different gifts coming together. It's me serving you and you serving me and we just look around the room. We care for each other. That's the point of grace gifts. So here's a question. If we have all of these gifts and there's a variety of them, how do we discover our unique grace gift? How do we do that? Is there some kind of assessment? Does anybody like personality assessments? I love them. I love them. And whenever I find a new one, I always take it because I find them to be fascinating, whether it's the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or StrengthsFinder or the 8,000 other things that you can take out there that give you perspective on who you are and how you can interact with others and your strengths and your weaknesses. I love assessments. They're a lot of fun. I love assessments so much that when a couple comes to me and says, hey, we're getting married and we'd like for you to officiate our ceremony. Will you do that? And I say, well, I'll do that as long as you take my assessment. (laughs) And sometimes I skip it for certain individuals based on a variety of circumstances, but just about everybody has to take this assessment. And it's about a 45-minute thing that they have to take separately. I get the results first, so I get to look at about 25 pages of information about personalities and family type and who did what in their family in terms of responsibilities and who they think is going to cover different things. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be a fascinating conversation because they're on different pages and I can't wait to reveal this and just talk through it. It's, a, it's about awareness, really. It's a wonderful assessment. I love assessments. They're great. They're great. Is there an assessment that you can take that will spit out for you your grace gift? And the answer is yes, there are assessments, and some of them are pretty good. But I will say this, and I I want you to hear it. There was no such instrument in Peter's day. No assessments. And it sure seems like when you walk through the book of Acts and read about the early church and how they functioned, they had no problems at all discovering their grace gifts and their areas of ministry and functioning within them well. They had no problem at all. That's why I believe the point of these gifts is not necessarily to geek out on what's my gift and what does that look like and what do I do with it now? I don't think that's the point of what we discover in Scripture. I think the point is that gifts have a purpose. So here's the challenge for apprentices of Jesus. You ready for this? Get involved in the lives of others. Serve the body. And do it in all kinds of ways. Try all kinds of things. I think in serving others and in serving the body of Christ, you will discover your grace gift and you will be functioning within it in a natural way. So let's not geek out on what the gift is, but let's just think about, okay, God has gifted me in some way. He has given me gifts. 
He's given me ability, so I'm just going to start serving others. I'm going to start building up the community of faith. I'm going to start loving others. I will be a minister. And in the process of that, I believe you will be functioning within your gift, even if you don't know what it is. I think you'll be doing it. So the focus here is not on what the gift is, but just about serving others. Use that gift well. Just start doing things. I love what New Testament scholar Jerry Hollinger says about this. He states it this way. Look at your situation and determine where you can best serve the body of Christ and then just do it. (laughs) So look at your situation. What's my season of life? What is God doing in my heart and in my life right now? And then just start serving other people. And I believe when we do that, we will be functioning within our giftedness, even if we don't know what it is. This is why I think the church matters and why this is so important and why we gather in person and why we gather online so that we can challenge ourselves and learn what Scripture tells us about what God has provided, not just for me, but for the sake of others. So God's given us gifts, great news. And we should discover what they are, but I think the best way to do that is just start doing stuff. And when we are functioning within the body and serving others, I think we're going to be using our gifts quite well. Robert Mulholland says this, the Apostle Paul implies that our spiritual journey, while it is unique to each of us as an individual member of the body of Christ, is not an isolated pilgrimage, but is part of a sort of caravan with the diverse members of the body. So the thought here is we get to do all of this together. And yes, we all have an individual friendship with God that we should nurture and grow and be formed in that. But then we also come together and you sharpen me, and hopefully I can encourage you, and we pull our gifts into one big bowl, and we serve and love each other, and that extends out into our communities. We caravan together with all of these gifts, and there's great variety in this. Back to the text. Verse 11 says, Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Well, do it all with the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory. And that word glory is the Greek word doxadzo. It means to render glorious, to give esteem to someone or something. So here we are going to esteem God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So consider this now. We've been given a gift. The purpose of that gift, for others. For others. Just get involved in doing stuff for others and you'll be using your gifts in a beautiful way. And do it all with the strength and energy that God supplies. And when that happens... Doxazo, praise and glory, not to me, but to God. And imagine a whole community of people doing this 
What a glorious sight. Okay, here's the breakdown. Number one, God gives grace gifts. He gives us areas of service. And if you've trusted in Christ, you have one. Number two, you should use your grace gift in service for others. It's always for others. For others. And then number three, you should use your grace gift with the strength and energy that God provides. And when that happens, well, God gets all of the glory and all of the credit. So I have just one takeaway for today. It's the word engage. One takeaway, one word. Engage. Engage. This is what God extends to us and offers to us with a family. All of these different gifts coming together to serve others and to give praise to God. So the challenge is to engage. Just begin doing things. This word engage is actually a goal that we have for our church. We want everyone to be engaged in some way. All ages, from the youngest to the oldest, we want 100% engagement. And one of the ways we can do that is by understanding that God has gifted me to serve others, and so I just need to start doing things because my gift is needed in this great big thing called the community of faith. So engage. Why? Well, engagement creates ownership and stickiness and pride in what God is doing in our community of faith. And the result is that the church is just further mobilized to be a godly and joyous presence where we live, work, and play while we welcome more and more people who will be connected owners to their gifts and to your gifts and to what God is doing here. So here's a way to do this, a very practical way. In the seat back pocket in front of you is a card that is a volunteer listing of different things. Now, I will say this. If you don't want to touch anything because you're not ready to do that, you can also go online to our website, valleypointchurch.com, and on the landing page, you can find this card as well. So if you're still a little like, "Eh, I don't know about touching things, you don't have to. You can do it online, and that's great. But if you look at this card or pull it up on your device, you can see that there are just different ways to engage That's what this is. It's really an engagement list. These really aren't the grace gifts listed here, although you can certainly use your grace gift within these areas, and that's what we want for you, and I think that's what God wants for all of us, different ways to engage. So if God stirs in your heart a little bit, I would encourage you to check off something. You can drop this card, or if you fill it out online, we'll get it as well, but you can take this card today if you're ready to do that and drop it off in a basket as you exit and we will have a ministry leader reach out to you and talk about engagement. Now, if you use a pen in the seat back pocket in front of you, that is our gift to you. So if you've never received anything from Valley Point Church, today is your day because you get a cheap pen from us, all right? Don't put the pen back if you touch it. Walk out with it, throw it away, or do whatever. We will replace those pens next hour, and we did that for you. So that's a clean pen from 8.30, okay? I just want you to think about what God may want for you in terms of engagement. And this is a step that you can take. 
And when that happens, when we engage, well, I believe we truly will be better together. We will be. We have to be. Because the body is being served with all of these different gifts and areas of service. And God is getting all the praise. Not us as individuals. Although we'll receive encouragement along the way, which is great, but it's about the body of Christ being built and God being praised. And when that happens, there's absolutely no doubt that we will be a better together kind of church, which is what I think we all want, and it's certainly what God wants for us. Back to the big idea. Apprenticing with Jesus, doing what he did and following him means that we are willing to generously serve and sacrifice for each other. May God give us the courage and the strength throughout this week to think about what he has done for us and what he has given to us, an area of service. Are you kidding me? God has given to us gifts. What a great God. Now, let's use those grace gifts and those areas of service for others. For others. Now, I want to invite you back Next week, we have a special Sunday as we continue thinking about being better together. We're going to consider how a better together kind of faith community, it worships together. It sings, it reads scripture, it prays, all of these elements that we call worship that help us respond to the greatness of God. A better together kind of church, it will worship together, and that's a beautiful thing, to help us think about that. We have a guest teacher coming next week. His name is Pastor Derek Parks. He is a pastor of a church in Wilmington. Derek was part of our Christmas initiative, so we blessed his church with just a great gift so that they could serve the communities around them. He's going to come and teach. He's a dynamic person and an individual, and I think you're really going to enjoy our time together, continuing to think about being better together next week with Pastor Derek Park. So please join me next week as we invite him here, okay? Thank you so much for being here. Will you pray with me? Father, First Peter chapter 4 tells us that we have a gift. You give this to us. A ministry. An area of service. And we are so grateful. God, maybe some today are, are understanding that for the first time. That, wow, I have something specific. And maybe they're wondering about what that is. Help them to grasp, just start doing things and serving others. And in doing that, I think we find our gifts. We find it. God, for those who have thought about spiritual gifts before and the variety of them is presented in Scripture, help us to praise you for how you equip us. You wire us in such a way that we are able to serve the body and all of these different parts and pieces are needed. We need teachers. We need those who have the ability to organize. We need those who are merciful and help. 
We need those who can speak the truth and love. All of these different gifts, they're so incredible. And God, we need them all so that we can function effectively and be a better together kind of church. God, we so desperately want that. So work in our hearts and help us to leave here in just a moment ready to think about engagement and taking what you have given to us and using it for others, for others. Help us to do that now, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.